your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Big series this weekend for the Cardinals. Cardinals versus the Cubs up in Chicago. Sunday's game will be Sunday night baseball over on ESPN. And we go out now to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line to start talking about this series. Buster Olney is a national baseball insider for ESPN and ESPN.com. You can give him a follow on Twitter as well. He is at Buster underscore ESPN. Buster, we always appreciate the time, my friend. I saw a tweet from you earlier today as you're getting ready for this series runs scored in 2020 fernando tatis jr 39 manny machado 32 st louis cardinals outfielders on the season 35 let's start there in your opinion what in the world has gone wrong for this cardinals outfield so far this year well they certainly aren't producing to to form and i think we always got to remember uh when we talk about performance in this weird season to borrow the phrase from joe panic of the of the blue jays and describing the year I mean, it's a small sample size. It's 28 games. Uh, if this was the end of April of a, a, a typical 162-game season, we wouldn't overreact that way. Um, but it is, you know, we're almost halfway through the year. And at some point, you know, that to me, that's the biggest question about the Cardinals going forward. Can their offense become more consistent? Um, they're, they're going to need to, especially when you think about if, you know, if they get into the postseason – and you've got the Dodgers, who clearly right now are the best team in baseball, and you've got the Padres, who upgraded significantly the other day. Um, the Cardinals are going to have to get more offense out of that group. It's been a disappointment. Buster, speaking of offense and consistency right now, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you your opinion on Brad Miller right now. <laughs> Millsy is our guy here in St. Louis, and did anybody see this coming, this kind of production? I know it's a sample size, smaller body of work so far this season, but it doesn't look like it's going anywhere at this point. No, uh, and I got to tell you, you know, through the years when I always hear evaluators talk about him, they always thought that this was a guy who was better than what his numbers showed, which is why he's had so many opportunities. It kind of reminds me, remember how, uh, early in his career, Jason Wirth, um, you know, had some injuries and he had some struggles. And then when he got that seven-year, $126 million deal from the Nationals, everyone was like, what What was that about? Like, why would the Nationals do that? And Jason Wirth was a terrific offensive player. It's kind of like with Miller where it feels like that, you know, now he, he's really beginning to hit his stride, and, and I agree with you. And it'll be interesting to see you know, how Mike Schilt sort of decides how he's going to use all these guys because that's 
clearly the area of the team where he's getting the most offense. So, Buster, that's interesting that it led me into kind of my next question there because Matt Carpenter has certainly become the talk of town as he's struggling once again so far this season. He's going to count for $18.5 million towards the payroll once again next year. He's currently batting just 175 on the season. If you're in Mike Schilt's shoes, I mean, do you continue playing this guy right now? Or what do you do with Matt Carpenter? I think it would depend on, on totally on what he was seeing in the at-bats um, because they don't, they don't really have time at this point to mess around. So if you're, you're seeing at-bats, if you're Mike Schilt, where he's competitive and you feel like, that, you know what, he's getting close, because we've all heard managers say, yeah, we, we, this guy's getting close. He's taking the ball the opposite field. We like the swings. We like the at-bats. And if you're not seeing that, then, you know, that's the one area of the team where it feels like they have some choices and some alternatives. And this is such a weird year anyway. I do think that around baseball you're going to see managers be more aggressive and say, well, we're, we're going away from that slumping guy and we're going to go with a hot guy because that's the time we have for, especially in the National League, where the context is so different. You know, as of this morning, um, eight teams in the American League have an 84% chance of making the postseason. It's completely polarized. But in the National League, it's still very wide open, and you win three games in a row, you lose three games in a row. It's a massive swing. Buster, talking about uh, veteran St. Louis Cardinals guys, Adam Wainwright, his story so far this year is exceptional, to say the least. Uh, How impressive has that been from a national standpoint where you guys, when you come across the Cardinals, are looking at what Adam Wainwright's doing? incredibly impressive because uh, there certainly have been times the last few years where you wondered as you saw the velocity go down boy is that going to be it but I really believe this that and I've heard this from some evaluators generally that you know where the sport right now let's face it and I'm not wild about the product generally about Major League Baseball because the sport has become this relay team of relievers all across baseball in fact that there was a great statistic that as of today think about this number 674 pitchers have been used in baseball in just these first six weeks. That's the eighth most in baseball history in any full season. Okay. Wow. And that tells you where, where teams are going with these relievers and they're pretty much all the same. They throw fastballs, you know, mostly at the top of the zone and they throw breaking balls at the bottom of the zone and everyone throws 96 to 98. Well, Adam Wainwright is the outlier. Like he's the guy who's mixing and matching and, He's, he's not what hitters are accustomed to seeing. And I do think, you know, there are a handful of guys. Uh, Kyle Hendricks of the Cubs is another I- example of that, where because they're the outlier, I think they're, they're using it to their advantage. And, and you love it. I do remember last year we had uh, Adam for a game in Wrigley Field and before the broadcast he wanted to talk to him. And he just kind of had this wry grin on his face, like, I'm not talking about it. I'm not talking about it. But he had that great competitive uh, pitcher's arrogance, and I say that absolutely as a compliment, Where and I've always, Jamie Moyer, you guys remember, used mm-hmm. to pitch with the Mariners and the Phillies. Uh, Jamie would throw 81 miles an hour, but he looked at hitters as being like big, dumb oxen <laughs> who were waiting to be exposed because they were over-aggressive. And I kind of wonder if in the back of Adam's mind, he kind of feels the same way. We're talking with Buster Olney. He's a national baseball insider for ESPN and ESPN.com. Buster, I, I wanted to stick on that path with you for a moment with, with Yachty and Wayno. I know locally here in St. Louis, those guys, I mean, they, they are as big as you can get for the Cardinals. But nationally, how do you think this partnership between those two is going to be remembered? Well, 
first off, I think I believe that Molina is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, uh, you know, for years we've had the conversation about it. But as he gets closer to the 2,000 hit thresholds, I, I think that's going to put him over the top. And so as he goes in, there's going to be a lot more conversation about what he and Adam uh, have been able to do together and, and bring, shine more light on it. And you do wonder, you know, as time goes on, I don't, I don't think Adam's in the same position when we talk about the Hall of Fame conversation that Yachty's in. But you do wonder over time if, you know, the fact that they accomplish so much of it as a duo is going to, you know, is going to gain focus, and, and maybe Adam at some point down the road, when they come to special committees, will will be in the conversation when they talk about Hall of Fame. Buster, we got a young guy here in St. Louis. He's called Dylan Carlson, and uh, certainly a lot of hype coming into the season about Dylan Carlson. A strange year, to say the least, as we all know. He gets uh, brought up, thrust into action, and he's had a couple of bumps in the road, especially lately with his at-bats. Is this a player that the, he's just had three days off? Is this a player do you think can reset quickly as a young man and show the maturity to come back out of that and compete real hard against the Cubs? Absolutely. Um, I mean, based on the talent and what you've heard from people in terms of how they view him as a as a, a prospect. Now, I will tell you that in my experience, generally is is that once young players tend to to sort of begin to drift downward in their first taste in the big leagues that that's a hard cycle to get out of initially usually takes an off season maybe some thought process some mental review on what they're going on and this year can only be 10 times stranger than any other year because of the nature of it you know we were all excited uh in spring training you saw flashes of what he might be and you wonder how this different this year would have played out for him if he had had that type of uh in a type of experience where he rolls into a regular season, you know, whether he started in the big leagues or in the minor leagues, he was going to play every day. Instead, you get the shutdown, and then you have the summer camp. It's just such a strange year. And you know that in the Cardinals organization, they're looking at him going, you know, even if he struggles this year, it's not going to change your view of him big picture. But most young players that I've seen, when they get into that initially, man, it's hard for him. I mean, even Mike Trout in his first year, uh, in 2011, the big leagues, he had some struggles. Willie Mays on down the line. I think that that initial uh, exposure can be overwhelming. Buster, I wanted to ask you kind of projecting forward towards the offseason, because we all know that with the, the yeah. revenue not being what it's what they hoped that it would be this season, there's there's something at the end of this that could potentially be problematic for teams. What's the appetite going to be for teams to add payroll after this year, in your opinion? I think there's no appetite for it. <laughs> in fact, I think that what we saw at the trade deadline last Monday was the first insight into where teams are. Look, you know, the, the Yankees, um, you know, as, as rich as any team in baseball, they have the resources typically to go and do something. They did nothing. The Dodgers pretty much did nothing other than to trade Ross Stripling. The Cardinals did nothing. I think most teams did nothing. And that's because, you know, while the Yankees, we know, have big revenues, last week they laid off 150 employees. Um, a lot of teams are going to do that. And no one knows that, you know, leading up the trade deadline, it is a story in which, um, you know, I asked general managers for all the variables that were in play in this really strange year. And the number one variable that was mentioned by GMs was the question of whether or not there's going to be a vaccine in the offseason. Because if there's not, that probably means no fans in the stands for at least the first part of next year. And that's going to have a huge impact on, 
you know, where teams set their, their budgets. And, you know, if, in fact, you see a lot of teams, and I think this is absolutely going to be the, the case where a lot of teams take their payrolls back, we know that, uh, you know, teams are going to hoard their young players who don't make any money. You know that you can't walk away from some of the payroll obligations that you have on the books. You know, for example, the Phillies and Bryce Harper, they, they can't change the terms of those contracts. So who's going to get killed? It's the guys, you know, who are three-plus, four-plus, five-plus years of service time, arbitration eligible, and those journeyman free agents, they're going to get destroyed, guys. Uh, and the expectation among not only uh, among club executives that I speak with but with agents is that there's going to be a record number of non-tenders. The free agent pool may grow to 350 to 400 players. It's, and those guys, because of supply and demand, are going to get absolutely killed where – you know, let's say a good veteran pitcher in past years might have gotten one for ten. This year, maybe that guy gets one for three or one for four. It's going to be a bloodbath. So, Buster, knowing all this, uh, two quick questions is, one, how are players going to go about negotiating a future contract? Are they going to look for a year or two deal and then try to hit the home run with their negotiations? Uh, what plan will they take for that? And then also, will there be some teams that literally just sell off players just to try to shed some salary to try and make financial situation better for them? A hundred percent, they're going to be teams just dumping players, uh, and that's where the the non tenders are going to come in. Um, let, you know, let's say for example, through arbitration, a player is scheduled to make you know fifteen million. Those guys are going to be more risk than ever. And, and just in my conversations with agents, I think a lot of agents are going to recommend to their players who are not going to get, you know, in their eyes, suitable multi-year deals, they're going to recommend to them, take a one-year deal. And because we know at the end of 2021, they have the CBA negotiations, teams, maybe by then you have a vaccine, maybe teams have more confidence about uh, where the bedrock is financially as they move forward. There are going to be some free agents like JT Real Muto. Uh, I think George Springer, the Astros, they'll do fine. But, man, so many players are just going to get crushed. Final question that I've got for you is we're joined by Buster Olney here on 101 ESPN. Earlier today, we heard Matt Holiday on the station with our morning show, and he was talking about Nolan Arenado and how just making the playoffs this year probably isn't enough for him to feel confident that the Rockies are headed in the right direction. So I wanted to ask you about Arenado. He's got six years and $200 million left on his deal after this season. The Rockies are committed to $110 million in their payroll for next year. Is that somebody that you could see after this season as a, a potential payroll dump as well? Uh, possibly. I think they, that the Rockies, um, as they look to manage their payroll, are going to have to talk about it. You know, Arnado, also, he has a chance to opt out after, I believe, it's next year. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Those terms are under the old financial landscape. I don't know how the Rockies are going to get somebody to take on that kind of a contract at those kind of prices unless they eat a lot of money. And if you're Nolan and you're thinking, well, I can opt out, you're not going to get close to that deal. <laughs> like those, you know, any thought of possibly opting out, that almost has to go by the wayside because of how far back the numbers are going to come. He's Buster only. You'll find him, I believe. Buster, you'll be on the game on Sunday, correct, on Sunday Night Baseball? On Sunday, and then we also have the game on Monday at 4 o'clock. Fantastic. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you on that. We always appreciate the time here on 101 ESPN. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today, Buster. Okay, guys, great to talk with you. You bet. That's Buster Only joining us here on 101 ESPN.